0: Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you now asking that you would speak to our hearts through your word and by your spirit. We are so thankful that you have come to us, for in our sinfulness we could not go to you But Lord, because of your great love, you have drawn near to us. And so, Lord, recognizing that you are here with us in this worship experience, that you are never far from us, Lord, that through Jesus Christ, peace is available to all of us. We pray that you would speak your peace through your truth, in your word, by your spirit, so that when we leave this place, we leave more like Jesus and more peaceful than when we entered. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name, amen. When my kids were little, and that is, that is escaping quickly now, my kids are less little with each passing day, and all those old people who told me it would go fast, they were right. And now I'm an old person saying, it's going to go fast, and I'll be right too. But when they were little, they shared something that I think they inherited from their father, and that was a pretty healthy fear of the dark. If, if a room was dark, they weren't going in there. If a room became dark, they were getting out of there. They didn't want anything to do with darkness. They wanted to be in a place bathed in the safety of light. I was the same way when I was a kid. But it was always interesting to me because there was a way that they would step into a dark room with zero hesitation and zero fear. And that way was if my wife or myself were with them. If we walked into the dark place with them, they were fine. In fact, they were, they were bold, they were, they were proud to step into that room, unafraid of whatever might be there because they had something greater with them. They had someone greater with them. And anything that might jump out at them, well, there was somebody who could take care of that thing. What's interesting, we tend to get over our fear of the dark, but the truth is that life presents us with dark places all along, doesn't it? And there's something powerful about having somebody there with you. The dark place may not be a darkened room, but it, it may be the doctor's office. Or you've got to wait for that appointment to go back in and have them read to you the report that they already sent to you through the patient portal, but you can't understand it, so you've got to wait. And you know they know, and you know that the the, the people who did the tests know, and everybody knows what's going on except for you, but you've got to walk into that room. And you know what they tell you? Have somebody with you. Why? Because regardless of what's going on, you're stepping into a moment of darkness. Things are obscured, and when you've got somebody with you, you can walk a little bit more boldly into that room, recognizing that you will not walk this journey, whatever it may be, alone. Or Perhaps you're having to walk into the funeral arrangement office. That's real. That happens. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the funeral homes in our area never cease to have demand for their services, and it happens. Some of you have been instrumental in working with hospice and hospice and understanding that end-of-life moments are very real, and, and those, are, those are difficult, dark places that we have to walk in, and, and so what do we do? We gather around us those who can be with us. It's always easier to walk into a dark place when you've got somebody with you. Well, here's the message of Jesus. Did you know that before Christ entered the world all there was was darkness? Every single human being on the face of the earth was spiritually dead as a result of sin. Every single human being on the face of the earth, even the really, really holy ones who dressed up in fancy robes and outfits and lived in Jerusalem and and served God there in the temple, they were still spiritually dead because of sin. This world was a very dark place. And into the darkness, God inserted his light. John's gospel would tell us that in Jesus is life, and that life is the light of all mankind. And his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Frankly, the darkness also can't comprehend it. But nevertheless, God sent his light into the darkness. Why? So that we... Who are navigating a sin fallen world, having to deal with sin fallen selves, would have the light of God to go with us. We sang today, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and you know what that word means, Emmanuel. Whether you spell it with an I at the beginning or an E at the beginning, it means the same thing. God with us. And this was the pattern of God with his people from the very beginning. You remember, that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. And after they had sinned, God came walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and and they had sinned. So what did they do? They hid, because they were ashamed of themselves. You remember when God called Abram and Sarai, who had become Abraham and Sarah, to leave everything they had ever known and to follow him. The command was not go this way, then turn this way, then turn this way, then end up here. It was follow me. Come on, I'll lead the way. God was with them. You remember when God called Moses to go into Egypt, that God's people might be set free from bondage and slavery. Moses hesitated because he didn't feel like he was up to the job. Pick somebody else, Lord. And what did God say to him? I will be with you when you go before Pharaoh, the most powerful person on the planet. I'll be with you and it'll be okay. You remember that God was with His people as He led them out of Egypt into the wilderness, but in the wilderness was freedom, and He went before them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and He even protected them from the Egyptians who were pursuing them, kept the Egyptians away from them, and then made a way for them to pass through the Red Sea so that they could could survive. Why were they able to survive? Because God was with them. When God's people wandered in the wilderness— God gave them detailed instructions on how to build a tabernacle because he would be with his people. And then when Joshua led them across that River Jordan, you remember when they they crossed that River Jordan, what did God say to Joshua in preparing him for that role? Be strong and courageous for I am with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. And as they dwelt in the promised land and God gave them rest and God brought them David and then God brought them Solomon, God gave them the temple. And what happened at the temple? God came down to be what? With them. And then most gloriously of all, Christmas. That first Christmas, God sent his son. The word became flesh to dwell among us and we have beheld his glory Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And one of the most beautiful things that Jesus ever said, oh, it blows my mind. He looked at his disciples and he said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. And so after he was crucified, he rose from the grave and he came to them. And then after he ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, he sent the Spirit of Almighty God because God would be with his people. And even today, December the 4th, 2022, God is with us. His Spirit is here. He is in this place. And if you're not in this place, He's where you are too. God is with us. And as we have to navigate the dark places that this world presents to us, because all a fallen world can do is give us dark places We can navigate those places knowing that He is with us. Just as He promised to Moses, so He promised to Joshua, so He promises to us. Do not fear and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you trust and follow Jesus. Now, if you're not trusting and following Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're navigating this world in the darkness And you're listening to people who are dwelling in darkness who cannot see any light give you the best wisdom they can give you. And it's not turning out. Have you noticed every little bit we have to invent something new that maybe will help this time? Maybe if we invent this philosophy or maybe even if we construct this reality that is utterly grounded in nothing but my personal sinful desires, maybe that'll help. And it doesn't. That's why, when you go to the library, you don't read a book called Philosophy, but you go to a whole series of bookshelves with different philosophies that have been put forth through the ages. Because those who are living in utter darkness have no light to go by. The best they can do is grope around and try to figure it out. So, you have an option this Christmas. You can grope around and try to figure it out according to those who are living in darkness sharing what they call wisdom to you who's living in darkness, or you can come to the light. And in the light of Christ, we see everything start to align. We see the the cosmic design of the Creator who put all things together, because the one who is the light is the one through whom all things were made, and without him was nothing has been made that was made. And... And he gives us the light to navigate this world. So I want to invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Because we're not the people who grope around in the darkness listening to those who are in the darkness do the best they can. No, we are the people who live in the light of Christ. And we recognized that on the Advent Sunday of peace, God has come to be with us. And no matter what, if you're in Jesus Christ, he is with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You do not walk this road alone. Yea, though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil. Why? Because thou art hmm, with me. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 4 beginning with verse 4 said rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand our theme this morning is this because God is with us we have peace because God is with us we have peace and our first point today is that the Lord is present the Lord is present Paul calls us, as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, to rejoice in the Lord and to do so always. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. When are we called to rejoice? Always. Keep in mind that Paul's writing this as he's under house arrest in Rome. And he's chained 18 inches away from a member of the Roman imperial guard. That is the the context in which the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. He's under house arrest, and he literally, a foot and a half away, has a member of the Roman imperial guard chained to him. He is shackled as he writes this, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice! It's a the theme of the entire letter. In Philippians 1, 18, He said, yes, and I will rejoice. In Philippians 2, 17 and 18, He said, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. In Philippians 3, verse 1, he said, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. It's interesting, the word that he uses is Cairo, which is a cognate of kara and charis. Kara means joy. Charis means grace. And so, literally, the word properly means to find joy in the grace of God. So what does that mean as we live our lives? It means that in whatever situation you find yourself, look for the grace of God in that situation. And here's what I'll promise you, it's there. Now you may have a situation right in front of you, blinding you to just about anything else, but if you'll take a moment, take a deep breath, and honestly I did this this week, this week, a couple days ago. I was facing a tough situation. It was right here. It was all I could see. And you know what my prayer was? Okay. Lord, I know you're here. I know you're here. And I know that you are giving your grace right now. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't sense it. Because all I can see is what's staring me in the face right now. But Lord, I know you're here. And so I want to look for your grace. And you know what? I, I mean, I, I was walking through Sam's Club. I was buying a jar this big of peanut butter M&M's because they are the greatest thing that the Lord has allowed to be on this planet aside from human beings. Just so you're aware, uh, if you haven't tried them, it will change your life. Nevertheless, I was walking through, getting ready to get my five-pound bucket of peanut butter M&M's, and I'm praying. And the Lord hit me. And he opened my mind to see the ways in which his grace was being conveyed to me even in that moment. And you know what I did right there in Sam's Club? I choked up and cried and then quickly looked around to see if anybody was watching. They were not, so I let it go. And right there at the peanut butter M&M's, I poured out my heart to God in thanksgiving. Why? Because His grace was present. In every situation, look for His grace. But then you know what you do? You don't just look for His grace. It will be there because He is there. He promised He would be, and God doesn't break His promises. Then you look to His grace. And for me, this is what that prayer looked like. Lord, I, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm heartbroken. I'm shaken. I'm disturbed. I'm bothered. I'm, I'm broken. I know you're here. Help. i told you before, that's one of my favorite prayers. Help. I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even have the words to articulate, Lord, what I'm feeling or what I'm needing right now. Help. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the Spirit of God intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words to convey. My deep calls out to his deep, and that's where he meets me. So, that's what it means to rejoice. It doesn't mean that you're just happy all the time, because happy is purely contingent upon your circumstances. Happy can be up here, and two seconds later it can be down here, and then something good can happen, you can come right back up. Happy changes. Joy never does. Rejoice. Look for the grace of God in every situation. Then look to the grace of God in every situation. Why? Because as you seek to navigate the darkness, you don't have to just grope around. You can walk according to the light of Almighty God through Jesus Christ, your Lord, who is with you always. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, lo, I am with you always. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord Always, Do you think there's a correlation? There's absolutely a correlation. Because He is with me, I can rejoice. And then, rejoicing in His grace, I can be reasonable. I can be gentle. I don't have to scratch and claw for everything that I can get out of this dark world. No, I can trust that God will see me through and have me where He wants me to be, when He wants me to be there, and I can trust Him. And so, like Abram and Sarah, I can follow Him knowing that he'll get me to where I need to be. And right there, and, and, and Mike Jones, in our pre-service prayer this morning, he isolated, it was so perfect. This little line that's right here in the middle of our passage, the Lord is at hand. And that changes Everything. The Lord is at hand listen the enemy's going to try to convince you that God has abandoned you long ago He's going to try to convince you that God couldn't be around such a sinner as you and listen. That's true God's perfect and we're sinners. God shouldn't come near to us But what does he do? He sends his only begotten son Jesus to die on the cross to pay in full the debt of our sin to rise from the grave to overcome sin and death and hell and Satan in the grave And to adopt us by His grace into His family. It is in His grace in which we now stand. And if you're in Christ, He looks at you as His child. He's there. And should you have run Him off by now? Sure. Have you? No. Is that because you're so good? It is not. It is because God is so faithful. He's got a hold of you and He's not letting go. No matter what. So the Lord is at hand. And then He continues. In verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Our second point, the Lord is listening. The Lord is listening. The psalmist says in Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And again, in Psalm 69, verse 33, for the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. The Lord is listening. It's so funny. I I pray with people over the phone all the time. All the time. Like literally multiple times every day. It's so beautiful because some of you will call me and say, I prayed with somebody over the phone. I've never done that. I was so nervous, but I'm so glad I did. It's amazing. You know, you can pray over the phone with people. It's a, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. But what's funny is if you've never done that and you're driving down the road, like there have been times I've prayed with people as they were headed down to Nashville for some sort of a medical appointment. And, and I said, well, can we pray together? And they're like, well, well I, I mean, I'm, let me pull over. I'm like, why don't you? Listen, just keep your eyes open. It'll, it'll be okay. God can hear your prayer with your eyes open as well. Pay attention to what's going on around you. But we can pray, you know. It's even better through the Bluetooth now. But yes, there are times you need to be in your prayer closet. You need to be off by yourself, on your knees, or on your face before Almighty God. But, But God calls us to pray without ceasing. And He also calls us to get something done in life. So you can pray at any time, in any place, with your eyes open. I pray subconsciously. I pray like in my mind, even sometimes as I'm talking to people. Lord, help me know what to say and what not to say. Help me know what to do and what not to do. Guide me in this moment as I'm, I'm in this moment with this person. Help me to be to them what you want me to be to them in this moment. You know, you could do that. The Lord is listening. And when you cry out to Him, now, are there things that can hinder your prayer life? Yeah. Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, that if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, that hinders your prayers. In James 4, 2 and 3, The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, God tells husbands that if they treat their wives harshly, that hinders their prayers. Husbands, listen up. But God is listening, willing to hear from you at any moment desiring to hear from you in every moment talk to him (laughs) verse 7 and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus our third and final point today the lord guards me with his peace now this is this is really something we talk often about His peace that passes understanding, and we should talk about that. That means that God's peace doesn't make sense, given the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And so many of you have experienced that peace, haven't you? It's, it's amazing. You shouldn't be at peace, and yet you are. How does that work? Well, that's because God gives us His peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace around which we cannot wrap our minds. But notice what he does with that peace. So often, I'm guilty of stopping there. Lord, give me your peace that passes all understanding. That's great. But what does he do with that peace? He guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible talks about the heart a lot, hundreds of times. Not one time in the Old Testament or the New Testament is it talking about the muscle that's pumping blood in the center of your chest. What's it talking about? The Hebrew word is leb. It means inner person, mind, will, heart. The Greek word in the New Testament is cardia, It's where we get cardio. It means effective center of our being. It is the center of who we are and it is precious to God. And our mind doesn't just mean our, our, our cognition. It means, well, the word is noema, which means our thoughts, our purposes, our feelings. Is it possible that when we navigate a dark world, we might need something or someone to guard the affective center of our being? Could it be that as we navigate a dark world, we need something or someone to guard our thoughts, our feelings, our minds? Well, the answer is, of course, and again, We can grope around and do the best we can, listening to the wisdom of the world, but they're just groping around in the darkness too. Or we can turn to the Word of God that presents to us Jesus the Christ, who is the light of the world, who has come to us, who is still with us, for He is Emmanuel, God with us. And we can follow His light it's possible to dwell in peace that passes understanding and to have that peace that is utterly supernatural guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus but it requires that you look to Jesus that you trust and follow Jesus that you surrender repeatedly to Jesus looking for his grace and then looking to his grace and then in Isaiah we learn that God keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270